something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. All right, Ray, let's do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad. Hey, glad to be part of the show, man. Thanks a lot, Clay and Buck. Thanks for turning the headphones to a hundred. Oh, my my headphones are perfect, man. Perfect. How can I ever thank you guys enough? You can send them a card, Christmas card. I got to monitor a couple things while we do the show, but it shouldn't take away from the humor that we bring every day. I don't know if we bring any humor. I wonder if Justin. <laughs> I got a text from Justin the other day. He's now texting me. Well, uh, because we developed a relationship. Sorry if you feel left out. Coach, I don't. His his job, he sits on the train for an hour and a half. I'm guessing he's going through the Rolodex of people to text. Oh, who? Oh, yeah. Never mind. It wasn't from Justin. <clears throat> it was from Brandon in Boston. It was from Jasmine. Hey, thanks so much again for this weekend. Appreciate you letting me tag along and getting fun videos of you. Hope you had a great trip and definitely be in Nashville soon. He works at the Bull in uh, Boston. I saw his nuts all over Instagram. Also, yeah. must be nice to have a video guy. <laughs> hey, nice to have a video guy follow me around, capture everything I was doing. It was it was like I was on the real world. I'll just film my stuff by myself. Hey, selfie real quick. Hey, let me do this by myself. Yeah, camera crew. Oh, you one. know what? I forgot to put up. I forgot to put up the pictures of Springer, Kiermaier, and Jansen. I'll do that. I'll do that today. It all started when a dumbass met another dumbass, and they became the dumbass trio. The end. Arnold, get in here. Let's make this a great show. Okay. Hit the dials. (laughs) Put them down. Hit the dials. Are you still against killing off Arnold? Yes. All right. I would probably get canceled for it, but I wanted to do this big dramatic thing where I have the gunshot and that stuff and I actually kill Arnold. No. Okay. I think Arnold brings some fun to it. It's funny. And if you kill someone, it it makes it kind of sad and morbid. Yeah. And people tune out. Right, but I, I hate to tell you, we have 32 listeners that listen just for Arnold. Right, but I wasn't thinking about them. I was thinking about me. I would laugh so hard if me and him had a gunfight the first 30 seconds, and I shoot him, and that's how we kill him off. No, I don't know. No, no. Then we would lose 32 listeners. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to do it live. 
Wee. Don't worry, oh, Ar- hey, Arnold, you're going to live. I'm fighting for your life right now. Okay, we are the one, two, three. Sore loser! Don't you ever do my intro! Ah. Oh, sorry! Go, Lunch. What up, everybody? I am Lunchbox. I know the most about sports. So I'll give you the sports facts, my sports opinions, because I'm pretty much a sports genius. Y'all, it's Sizen. I'm from the north. I'm an alpha male. I live on the west side of Nashville with Baser. We do have a white picket fence at the apartment complex. Uh, soon, probably 2.5 kids. Eventually, I'll die of a heart attack when I am 72 years old. And what's on the menu? Man, I got things that make you happy in life. I saw two things this weekend when I was in Boston that no matter what kind of mood you're in, this happens and you are just so excited and everybody loves doing this. Snapping one off. I got dramatic soccer game last night. Oh my gosh. And two bad beats. Ray has some gambling bad beats. Oh yeah, that's mine. We got the Johnny Manziel documentary Untold. But... I want to start with Fantasy Football Sore Losers Edition, guys. It is time to open the floodgates. It is time to submit your name. What? Not a great uh, thing to say. I believe there's flooding in the upper northwest right now. Oh, is there really? Yes. Did not know that. I have not been paying attention to the news, so it is time to open the email gates. (laughs) And we are going to take submissions for the Sore Losers Fantasy Football League. There will be 48 teams, 44 of you people will be drawn to be in the most exclusive league in America. What other podcast does this where they say, hey, listeners, email in and you can be in our fantasy football league? None that I know of. And I will be playing. Ray will be playing. Batter's box will be playing. Batter the box. (laughs) Toilet flush. Sound effect and batter's box. What up, everybody? It's batter's box here. And I assume the defending champ will be playing. I don't even know who the defending champ is. I no disrespect. I need to look it up. Usually it's Ashley White, so I'm usually just used to saying, oh, Ashley White will play. But she was not in last year, so now I have to go back and look and see who won, email them, and see if they are willing to play again if they want to play again. Billy hit me up. He goes, hey, you want to do fantasy? I go, Billy, I have 48 of my closest friends I'm already doing a league with. Thanks. No thanks. Yeah, and so this year it is going to be $150. Uh, it was $100. <laughs> is this the convention? Nope. <laughs> I, I am increasing the price. <laughs> I am increasing the price because I feel like that extra $50... If it's gonna, if people are gonna fill out a lineup, it's gonna be if they pay a little more money. Maybe a hundred dollars was too cheap, and people are like, ah, hundred dollars. Who cares if I lose a hundred bucks? I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna give up. So now I decided, you know what? Maybe a hundred and fifty dollars will be enough to motivate people to fill out a lineup. If we keep increasing it, these people are gonna be owners of actual NFL teams. <laughs> But no, you get the money. We don't pocket any of it. No, so. I don't pocket any of the money. We're going to redistribute it. I don't know if I'm going to do a drawing for people to fall out, fill out their lineup, if we're going to do a weekly high score and each division gets paid. All that's fun. It'll work. Yeah, something. I haven't decided exactly, but I just know it's going to be $150. You can email us. We are the sore losers at gmail.com. Submissions open today, and they end at 11.59 p.m. on Tuesday, August 15th. Tuesday, August 15th at 11.59 p.m. Central is the deadline to sign up. 
Hopefully we will do the drawing one week from today to let you know if you are in the Sword Losers Fantasy Football League. Are you expecting an email from Eddie? No. <laughs> if he wanted to be funny, that actually would be. <laughs> no, if he wanted to be funny, that would be funny. If he got into our no, league. No, 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 I wouldn't even let him in the league. I wouldn't let him in the league. No. He'd win 4K or whatever. I, I understand he could, but it ain't going to happen. Not in this league. Dude, me and the nephew, man, we gave it a hell. I'm going to do a team with him. It'll yeah. be my team, but he's going to help. I think that's a good idea. We had a hell of a, a run one year, but then I got drunk and traded away Patty Mahomes for uh, Josh Allen. With, no, guy with Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that one. That's okay. Yeah. It's a good It's a good gamble. And remember the big trade of the year, Devontae Adams? Remember I acquired Devontae Adams and people were saying. I don't remember this. I, it was a big argument whether or not I should be able to get Devontae Adams. But who did you trade for him? Chubby, maybe. Oh, well, that's not bad. No, it was a terrible trade. That, maybe it wasn't Chubb. It was somebody else. It was two receivers that one guy said had a lot of upside. It was some guy randomly wanted to trade with me. I have no idea this trade. I mean, Dude, see, you're talking about the the biggest controversy of 2020 outside of the pandemic. <laughs> I believe it. That's what it was. Well, I mean, I don't care. We're going to do our best. We are the sword losers at gmail.com. We are going to use myfantasyleague.com again. Yes, you can cry, you can complain. Ray will have his complaints. You're going to bitch. But if you get drawn, go to the website, learn it, figure it out. We are the sore losers at gmail.com. The sore losers fantasy football league is up and running 2023. It's going to be a great freaking season. $150 to get in. Are you in? Are you out? You'll find out next Wednesday. But we need you to email and please. In the subject line, put fantasy football. It would be great. It would make my life so much easier. My life's not easy enough. And we're truck drivers. We would love to have some truck drivers in there. Tugboaters, you guys got a lot of free time. I'm curious if they have Wi-Fi on the Cumberland, though. No idea. Lawyers. Oh, I don't know if they're out there on Lake Huron. I mean, doing the tugboat. Not sure if they got Wi-Fi. Lawyers preparing for cases and the chambers, but maybe some downtime. And tractor operators, a lot of tractor time. Yeah. Here's the thing. Lawyers, they have a lot of downtime. It's not like they're prepping for a case 24-7. Turn that tractor off. They probably prep for a case for like two hours a day, and then the rest of the day they're just chilling. Well, and let's be real. Remember Murdoch? Yeah. He was prepping for cases. It seems like you can use that excuse, and really you're just two days before the trial, you hammered out. Also, you have um, someone, I I think they're called a paralegal. Paralegal. I think paralegal does most of the work, brings you the facts, brings you the research, and then you decipher, okay, is that good research, bad research? Should I use that research? I think they do most of the legwork, and they bring it all to you, and then you sort through the information. And they just have a bunch of piles of paper on their desk. They said Murdoch's when they would go in his office. Excuse the reference. The man killed his family. But he, he had paperwork just e- strung everywhere. And the secretary said that's when she found the check floating to the ground. That, oh. That fraudulent that broke the whole case wide open. The Damn. Case. Oh, the secretary went... Yeah, the paralegal or somebody you're talking about, front desk girl, and saw that pulled up a piece of paper. She was looking for this check that he said he never got, and it floated in the air, fell on the ground, and it showed that he cashed, I don't know, $100,000 from uh other person that he was supposed to put it in. Oh, he was supposed to put it in an account for a client? He was supposed to put it in Forge, and he put it in Forge Consulting, his own personal account, and kept the money, and she saw it all on that check. Why would you, I mean, just me speaking, after you cash that check, right? Why would you not shred it? Bingo. Throw it in the trash. Why would you ever keep the evidence laying around? Mm-hmm. 
The, the boat case, obviously, when his kid DUI crash killed a girl, that was a lot. He was going to get in trouble regardless. But the crimes that he committed against his law firm all started with a floating check because he didn't destroy the evidence. That's it, that's how lazy you get. Yeah, you, you leave a, a glove sitting on the ground. You you leave a Jimmy. No, sitting if in the, the glove, hey, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same thing, a guy. You know, you, you leave a Jimmy in the bed because you got lazy with the affair. You get lazy with the what racketeering or whatever the hell he was doing. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's it. Fantasy football. It is up. It's running. We are the sore losers at gmail.com. I even got I got a text yesterday. And it was a sad one. And it was my buddy Oscar that I went to college with. I've been in a fantasy football league with for, you know, 15 years. Rest in peace. And he's the commissioner of the league. And he hit up the entire league yesterday. And he said, guys, I made the decision to retire from fantasy football. I just cannot not put forth the time and effort needed to absolutely dominate like in years past. If anyone here is willing to take over the league as commissioner, let me know. Otherwise, it will be the end of the Dynasty League. Godspeed. And Nick replied, damn it. I don't have that kind of time. Sorry. And my brother, Mattersbox, said, who's stepping up? No one replied to him, so he replied to his own. <laughs> the old self-response. And he said, geez, Oscar, you keep coming up with ways to get me out of your league. Because he kicked Joe out a couple times. Batter's box. And no one else responded. Everyone else was happy with it being dead. No one felt the sad emotions. I sent a text to Oscar. Individually. And I said, First and foremost, congrats on an outstanding career. Now let me get deep and emotional. I totally understand and get the reasoning behind giving it up. You feel like you're missing out on kids' things. Your kids are keeping you busy. Work. You're overwhelmed. Life, sex, love. But fantasy football is key in keeping in touch with people. So I'm going to support your decision as long as that doesn't mean you're going to drift off to out of my life and not fill me in on your kids' activities, accomplishments, and groundings. But if you are going to stay involved and you're going to text me every now and then, enjoy retirement. <laughs> he retired at the right time, unlike Tom Brady. But it's a good way to go out. You really do want to go out on top. Yeah, he didn't win the championship last year. Right, but a hell of a job as the commissioner. Yeah, he did a great job. He, he And he used to, in the very beginning, oh my gosh, he was so dedicated. He would write a recap every single week. That's downtime at your job. That's impressive. We could never do that, but there are people with jobs that can't. Yeah, he used to run a furniture store. It was called Favela Furniture down in Corpus Christi, Texas. They weren't selling crap. There was no one coming in there. There was no one buying mattresses. There was no one... I've and, tested the couch the past four hours. And, and so he was like, oh, this couch is great for typing up fantasy <laughs> football recaps. And so he would write those, and then he got married, had a kid. The recaps came once every three weeks. Then he had a second kid, no more recaps, but he still was involved. And then now he shut the doors, Sad. out of business. Mm-hmm. The furniture store or the commissioner? Uh, the furniture store also shut down. Wow. Shuttered. Uh, shuttered. Uh, they had to put boards over it. Couldn't pay the rent. That's because of the hurricane, not because of the sales. I don't know if there was a hurricane in Corpus, man. Mm, it was a big one. But that's when he jumped ship and he moved to Verizon. Got and it. his dad had been running that store, and the whole plan was for Oscar to take over it. And Oscar was just like, Dad, this is a sinking ship, man. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, I'm balancing the books, and we just, we don't have enough to hang on. So no money in furniture. Well, I mean, maybe there is, but there was just big stores moving to Corpus. They used to be the small mom and pop 
and there wasn't a lot of options in Corpus, and then he just wasn't enjoying the mattress business. He was like, this isn't fun. I don't want to do mattresses. I don't want to do couches. I want to do something else. And so that's, and he had an offer from Verizon. It was too good to pass up. And he's been climbing that corporate ladder. They offered him $40,000, Ray. No, they offered him $8 an hour, and he jumped at it. Wow. I don't know if that was a lucrative decision. Well, yeah, he's moved up the corporate ladder now. Got it. Middle management, man. Here you go. 100K, 80 hours a week. <laughs> I don't know if he works 80 hours a week, man. I'll tell you what. I see him hanging out a lot at the golf course and hanging out at the beach and taking pictures with his family. So I don't know if he's working that much. Yeah, if you have friends that work that, I have one. That easily is at 80. Good God, man. All the other ones, I feel like they're right around 40 or less. My buddy Danny, dude, in in Fort Lauderdale. Oh. I, I swear to God. I thought you were talking about Mini Lolo. I, no, I should. But Danny, dude, I feel like he's around part-time. And he's my age. I mean, he always going on a cruise. Hey, guys, head to the Marlins game tonight. If you If I did the math, I don't think he works 40 hours a week. He's at Costco. Oh. He's like a manager, but I mean, I swear oh, to God. Oh, middle management. But it's not an important one. I, I just feel like he watches over people for uh, one, three times a week. It's impressive, the fact that he can pull off part-time at my age. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't envy the 80 hours, Oh, and I appreciate the people that can get away with as little hours as possible. Let me tell you about 80 hours. Garrett, he works at the grocery store. He works at HEB. started there when he was 16. He's never left. It's the only job he's ever had. This banana's out of place. Dude, he works... Like 80 hours a week. Just straightening shit? I, he's a manager. I don't know what he, I don't know exactly what, but he's just like, damn, dude. I went in at seven, dude. I'm just getting off and it's eight o'clock at night. I'm like, what in the world? Well, what does he do? He works the sandwich part behind the deli? I don't know what he does. I think he manages the entire store. There's one guy at my local grocery store just happier than shit. I'm like, man. I want your job, and what do you do exactly? Because how the hell are you this happy? He just stands at the middle counter when you walk in. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. I don't. I think he's just just there. I mean, what a perfect position. It's like when I went to uh, Happy Toast or whatever it was this weekend in Boston, and they had one dude out front. He was exceedingly happy, and I think they put him out there because it's Happy Toast, <laughs> and they need someone uh, that is really happy to welcome everyone. Uh, like <laughs> literally. We walk up and the dude's like, hi guys, are you coming on inside? Well, come on in. No, I'm not coming out today. And we're like, what? And he's like, oh, well, let me get the door for you. If you were going to eat at Happy Toast, we are glad to have you. And I'm like, yeah, we're coming in. He goes, well, good. Go right in inside and see Sally. She'll sit you down. We're slightly hungover. We had 12 Jaeger last night. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then when we were leaving... I hope you enjoyed Happy Toast. Please come back and see us. We enjoyed having you. We yeah. understand the namesake. Thanks. And we're like, okay, is Happy Toast named after you, dude? Are you, is your <laughs> nickname Happy Toast? <laughs> I do feel happier, though. And that's when we walked across the street to Harvard, because it was right across the street from Harvard. Harvard. It was, man, but that dude, I mean, he was exceedingly happy, and he didn't have menus. He didn't have a seating chart. He didn't have anything. So his only job was like the door greeter at Walmart. Awesome. And if you can afford all the bills, he's the smartest guy there is.
Unless maybe he owns Happy Toast and I don't know it and he was the owner and he's just really happy. Because how, literally, how do you afford to live if you're just that guy that stands there and says, hello, are you excited to come to Happy Toast? You don't because Boston's more expensive. Oh, but also, everything is so expensive in Boston. Remember, these owners and franchisee guys are floating around. There's At my start, or not Starbucks, my Chick-fil-A, I sw- I, every day I see, I know, I think I know the owner. Dude, he's always floating and that's how you know he has a vested interest. Yes, the owner of Chick-fil-A. I mean, you want to talk about probably working a lot of hours, yeah. but making a ton of money? Definitely six. Oh, my God. that Chick-fil-A has to be the most lucrative ownership ever. Because, Nate, you know one business is never going out of business? Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Taco Bell, seen them. They've gone out of business. McDonald's, I've seen them boarded up, gone out of business. I have never... Seen a Chick-fil-A shuttered. And, but you could tell the top dog, by the way, he dresses. He's got the Dockers on, the yep. shirt. he got the gray shirt. And the shirt's a little bit untucked because he's running ragged all over the place. <laughs> got sweat pouring down his face. He's like, huh. I've been there from 7 to 7, and I mean, he's not going home. It is a rough job. Dude, my place got so many people coming in, they don't even just do the window. They made the drive through window a door. Dude. They freaking throw the sliding glass door open and run out to your car. <laughs> Every Chick-fil-A is now doing that. Like, awesome. They are just doing that. They, they said, screw the window. Uh, dude, it, I'll be five cars back and he hands me my food. I'm like, well, what do I do now? Tell these people to go themselves. Uh, I'm driving through. I already have my food. Bye. The job I think sucks is the person that has to stand out in the drive-thru and take your order. They don't even let you order at the screen anymore. Some poor sap <laughs> has to stand out there with all the car's exhaust, ah, the heat, ah, ah, like the heat of the car. <laughs> Car blowing their muffler on you. Can I have some of your lemonade? Yeah, and they're like, all right, sir, what can I get you? <clears throat> Sorry, <laughs> exhaust. Uh, I've been breathing it in all freaking day, and it's been 100 degrees. Oh, it's raining. I got to stand out here and take your order. Oh, it's snowing outside. Guess what? Still have to stand outside and take your order. Miserable job. They do have the iPad, though. I hope they've hacked it. Pull up a little internet, you know, during the afternoon There is hours. no, There is no time at there, Chick-fil-A. It, there is no time to ever do anything but take orders. My Chick-fil-A, two to three, not going to be Oh, anybody. so you get an hour rest? Yes. That's when it's chill time. Night. Shift, nightmare, morning, drive, no idea how ransacked that is with cars. Speaking about ransacked, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Johnny Manziel. Getting the, sacked. Uh, untold Johnny Manziel. Isn't that what it's called? Untold, the Johnny Manziel story. But we'll tell you. It'll right no at, longer be untold. Yeah, but remember, we are the sore losers at gmail.com. We'll be right back. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Johnny Manziel, Untold, or Untold Johnny Manziel. Don't know the damn title, because when I typed in Johnny Manziel on Netflix, nothing came up. So then I had to Google it, and it's like, Untold Johnny, and once I did that, it came up. So, the internet hyped it, the clip was out there, Johnny Manziel said, I was going to spend all five million of my dollars, and then I was going to kill myself. I went and bought the gun. I knew it. I was going to do it. And I was like, this is a must-see documentary. So it came out yesterday, and I sat there and watched the whole hour and 20, hour and 30 minutes. I got Bazer to watch it with me. Okay. I still haven't seen the dance, so that just tells you how excited I was to see this one. Yes. Johnny Menzel is one of my top five people. I already got all his gear. He Dude. just did a clothing line with the show. already ordered stuff. Let me tell you, when I was watching it, I literally said, this is Ray. <laughs> I but, literally, but, but not as talented. I mean, the dude right, right. is the fastest college player. Right, right. Ever. I, not as talented, but his lifestyle, I said, that is Ray. <laughs> that is what Ray wants. That's what Ray strives to be because you like Bob Minnery who goes out and does all this weird stuff. And I was like watching Johnny Manziel and I was like, this is freaking Ray. Laura, but Bazer goes, because she knew. Dude, uh, uh, originally Johnny Menzel had the Sizen thing, and that's what I stole Sizen from. I don't. Uh, back in the day, he, he he had Sizen. Now he doesn't do it. He anymore. was Johnny Sizen. It was like Johnny Football, but then he also had Sizen. Then he had the number two money sign, money sign, feeding money. But and then I stole the Sizen from him. But dude, I idolize the guy. Okay. Still. Yes. Okay. So tell me, watching the documentary, talk about it. What did uh, you think? I thought it was well done. If you guys have even watched the quarterback show, I mean, this one puts it in the water. Like, this show was way more better produced. An amazing storyline. The insight from the parents was epic. Teammates, his money manager, all that shit was dope. They did a real good job with that. I, I felt like him killing himself was kind of just thrown at the end. There, maybe there didn't need to be more emphasis on it, but it was. It seemed like the show was winding down, and then. I was going to kill myself. Whoa, 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 I was just getting let off this amazing hive, Johnny. And Good then it God. was over. Yeah. Like, they didn't really dive into it. Bro, are you okay? Dude, he was going to, his he was the best college football player, may, arguably, to ever play the game, and he was going to spend $5 million and kill himself? What is wrong with people? But that's what happens is it, that spotlight is hard. The pressure is hard. The, you get pulled in so many directions. You see it a lot with these athletes. I thought the documentary was very underwhelming. Really? I thought I was going to learn more. You learn a lot, though, bro. 
What did you What did you learn that you did not know already? That year time span, you didn't really realize he won the Heisman. He took a program to beat Alabama. He went from College Station, Texas, which nobody even gave a shit about, to top of the world. Is on all these TV shows. He's flying in private jets to signing autographs, making thirty thousand, getting investigated, almost going to jail, and ends up just getting suspended half a game. Partying lifestyle. He can bang any chick that he wants to. All that wrapped into 16 months, then the NFL draft. It, it was, dude, he was on a freaking escalator, one of those floor escalators. Yeah. At the airport. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, those walking well, pathways. You and me were just walking next to the walking pathway. And it's, he couldn't get it to slow down. So he wanted to party. He wanted to play football. He wanted to bang chicks. He wanted to make fast cash. You just can't do it all. What I learned is that he didn't really care to play football. You can't bang the chicks, Ray. He just wanted to bang chicks and party. Right. No, he, he, he liked the – he enjoyed football. He didn't want to work at football. He wanted to enjoy what came with being a good football player. That's what he loved most about it. He liked the competition, but he didn't want to put in the work to be an excellent football player. He was all – his football ability was all natural. Yeah. That, that was it. Right. He realized it, though. I mean – he didn't. I I guess in middle school was was he not standout because he, he got to high school and they go, who the is this guy? He's gonna start. Well, as I think a he moved to a new school. He moved That's to Kerrville Tivy. Missed that. Yeah. Um, Tivy. So it's like it's like no, it's Tivy. Tivy Ray. It's sort of like Michael Vick used to say he didn't study film and he didn't learn to read defenses until later, like after prison. He was like, man, I wasted. Like I was just relying on my athletic ability because when you're super athletic. You don't have you can you're just better than everyone, but then when you get to the pros, it's like, oh crap, all these dudes are amazing. So I did learn that. And I thought it was interesting how he had his best friend along for the ride. Like me and box. No, no, no. I'm just trying to think but I didn't the only thing I did learn that was interesting is they just invented a storyline <laughs> that his he came from oil money. Fascinating. And the media bought it. Yes. He, he was dead to rights because he got busted. He was going to these cities every around the world, or USA, Miami, San Antonio, Dallas, Miami. I can't remember. The Vegas. And he would sign for $30,000. They would have a safe. He would open the safe and get the money. And so then they discovered that he was flying on private jets, not necessarily that he was signing for autographs. And so they're like, how is he getting this money? How is he getting front row seats at the Mavericks game? How is he getting front row seats at the Rangers game? How is he, you know, hanging out with LeBron? So his money manager, genius, and he even says it in the documentary, he goes, I was really smart. And he just goes, oh, he comes from oil money. And then it went through the media, and they're like, that explains it all. He's rich. And I remember chilling in college or post-college thinking, damn, this dude's an amazing football player, and he comes from oil? And his dad goes, yeah, he kind of just acted like he was richer than we really were. And that's how then the media go, oh, maybe he just gets a half-game suspension. We can't really prove that he signed stuff. Yeah, the money guy, his best friend was smart because he was like, look, they can prove he's signing autographs, but what can they not prove? How we're getting paid. So they can say see pictures of him uh, signing autographs, but as long as they don't ever see money, they have no idea what we're doing. And I And he was okay to be the fall guy. And they were riding in private jets. They were living the life. And then him and his best friend just quit talking because he hired an agent. Because it, it had to go that way. His friend didn't have any college education to be a money manager. Right. He was just his boy. But once – now Old did he – dog, Ray. I, I did – okay, I guess the interesting part I also learned. Here we go, the real agent. 
the real agent and what they had to go through leading up to the draft. That was awesome. How can you not tell me that was the most fascinating five minutes of a TV show you've seen in the past six months? Awesome. It, it was really entertaining how he it was like, look, dude, <laughs> like we gotta we got we gotta go here. We cannot. Let me say this: Johnny was an alcoholic, and that's oh, what alcoholic he for yeah. sure. And so he loves to party. Not even the partying. He really is just an alcoholic. He was on drugs and all that. I don't know if before, but they or after. didn't concentrate. Like they 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 talked about how later on. They talked about how he was on Coke and um, Oxycontin. Oxycontin, and they didn't spend enough time on that. I wanted to really learn. Right? But I wanted to learn about, Woo! like, like was he spiraling? Like, where was, you know what I mean? Like, was he just strung out? Like, Give me an Oxy! But they didn't concentrate on there. Like, he was like, oh, that was when I was at my worst. I was on Coke and Oxy. Boom. Smash cut, move on to something else. I'm like, no, like that's a huge part of it. I want to learn about the codone. But don't you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like they just glossed over that. Right. They touched on the stuff Johnny wanted to talk about and would be vulnerable. He probably, dude, you don't want to dig back in that. Do you really want to dig back into the time when you rode your bike to the radio station in 20 years? Ah, uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'll still be riding it in twenty in twenty years. I'd yeah. love to tell that story. God, if we're still here in twenty years, oh, kill me. I should be retired. Hopefully, but the Johnny Menzel with the agent, you were saying because he he talked about the NFL draft for three or two months. He goes, Johnny, we got to get serious, and Johnny did get serious until a week before the draft, and the dumbass partied and did drugs, right? Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? No, like, no, he's about to be, and it, if you guys don't understand the NFL draft, you get a. Ten million first. Every pick you drop, you lose a million. So it doesn't really matter career-wise where you get drafted because you can, like Tom Brady, eventually make it up. But you can get that immediate payday where the agent gets paid, Johnny Menzel gets paid. So all you got to do is act like you're buttoned up for about three months. And Johnny failed one week before the draft, but he still did well. Getting Not drafted. even one week before the draft. It was like three days before the combine. That's what it was. It was the combine where they're going to drug test him, and he does drugs. And he's like, "Oh, don't worry, man. We're not going to. We're going to go to the combine." He, he, they had a whole plan where we're ruining this whole documentary for people. If you haven't watched it, spoiler alert. They, I think all- we can do that. This is it's a effing documentary about S that we saw on TV, right? I it's agree. not like we're ruining it. Watching it being told, I would still watch it. Yeah, it's I'm, not gonna, like- I'm literally going to watch it another 10 times. Leaving that out there. I already told Bazer, I said, hey, if this is on the Rolodex speed dial for the next month, just FYI. Phen- phenomenal. That's when we first moved here. I understand. But he you, played Old Miss, Ray. You are in, you are in love with this dude. Me, Danny Wolo, the Wolo version Mini of Wolo. Danny, oh. went to a bar and Johnny Menzel lost to Old Miss. The entire bar that's now closed, was it? Was it the tavern? Oh. We were at the tavern. The whole bar is going nuts at these TVs. It's a sit-down, very date-ish type restaurant. Dude, nobody gave an S about the girl sitting next to him. Everybody's watching Johnny Menzel on that TV. His- he, he was the most electric. He was so electric. Oh, it, it was amazing. Game. And we were living together. Yes, Ray. Yes, we lived together. And you just went up in your room and didn't want to hang out with <laughs> me and the dog. I was watching Johnny Menzel every week. So... The, then he he's like, dude, I'll pass it. He was like, we're gonna have to go, and we're gonna have to. You're gonna go to the combine, but your dad's gonna fake a heart attack, check into the hospital, so you can be at the combine for 12 hours, and then you will avoid because the drug test happens on the second day. So their plan was for Johnny to show up at the combine, have a medical emergency back home with his dad checking into the hospital because of some heart issues. That way, Johnny Manziel would be able to leave the combine. It wouldn't look weird, and he wouldn't have to be drug tested. And his dad was on board. And his dad, what? 
you're as a parent, I think you're down for anything. When there's that much money involved. When there's that much money in your son your son or daughter's future is involved, I think you're willing to try anything to help them get to that goal, to that pinnacle. And then that since we're blowing, let's just blow, continue. Yeah, to blow. might as well blow it. Just uh, like Johnny was doing blow on his up his nose. Right. Bad drug reference. But the buddies of his are supposed to be receivers on draft. Oh, no, on, no, no, on, no, 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 and his buddies all partied. It was just one big party. So he goes to the combine. He's like, no, we're going to do it. I, I pass these drug tests all the time at A&M. And he was just drinking gallons of water, gallons of water, gallons of water. And he passes Noted. the drug test. That'll help you in Vegas. He passed the drug test. So then he has his pro day at A&M where every, all these teams are coming to watch. It, it was a private workout with the Browns. Mm-hmm. And... Him and the wide receivers that were supposed to, you know, run routes, they go out and get shit faced, uh, shit faced, drunk. And the receivers don't show up for the pro day. <laughs> uh, uh, that would be like us missing the convention. Yes, and they're like sort of like you missing the watch party. Uh, all right. I had a flight out. His lawyer, his agent, and friend are running routes when he's working out privately for the Browns because the wide receivers from AM were too drunk and too hungover to show up to his workout. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's a party, dude. But that just shows you, man. They were, at, they were they at were, the prime of your life, man. You're trying to suck on that alcohol teat, and he was. You're trying to squeeze everything out of that orange. That's like you have this orange from and Florida, you, and the orange has a limited limited shelf life. Let me suck on it. And you are just like, I am going to get everything I can out of this orange. And boom, he didn't get it. And then the reason he got cut by the Browns is because they had a game on Sunday, and on Saturday he went to Vegas and partied balls, and he thought he would be able to take the last flight from Vegas. Back to Cleveland in time to make the game, but he didn't. Re- and he realized, oh crap! All the flights I missed the time. The last flight out was at nine p.m., so he missed the plane, and so they cut him. That's how he got cut is because he went to party in Vegas the day before a game. In his mindset, he thought I can go to Vegas, party, and come back and play on an NFL game on Sunday. He had a wig, a mustache, and he got caught. and glasses, and people started taking pictures of him at the blackjack table. And it was all over TMZ and Daily Mail. Everywhere. I remember that. And they were like, all right, we're done with this guy. Ah, ah, he's done. But now he does nothing. But it makes it so special for me. I made a point when they came to Nashville. I went and saw him at Nissan Stadium. I took pictures of him on the sideline. That was one of his – that's the only time he probably played in Nashville. That was, I, his short career, I was able to go see him in person. And I'll hang up and Did listen. he get on the field? That's not part of the story, Coach. He was back up at that time. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, the documentary, uh, we just talked about it, and I'm like, it wasn't as, as bad as I, I mean, it was fine. It was good. It I mean, w- it's a hell of a lot better than quarterback show. Yeah. That thing's dumb as hell. Hey, hey son, Kirk Cousins talking to his kid. Hey, son, it's a pretty good fire, isn't it? Yeah, Dad, you made a real good fire tonight. All right. I got an NFL game this weekend. Got the Redskins next weekend. Okay, what what are we watching? Yeah, <laughs> his I wife. Mean, I didn't know he was getting made fun of on his shirts. I like his plaid shirts. I'm the one that dresses him. Yeah. What? All right. Cool. Boring. <laughs> but if you want to watch the Manziel documentary, or you can just listen to this podcast again and you'll learn everything about it. It's fun.
It was good. It wasn't mind blowing like I wanted. It wasn't the dance, but they that 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 I was gonna kill myself. Man, they really glossed over it. I, I didn't. I wanted to hear more about his recovery too. Like, how did he get his life together? I understand he just showed up at his dad's house and was like, "Dad, I got nowhere else to go." Because him and his dad, like his dad, was like, "We're done with him." Like we quit talking to him. His agent fired him, and that was it. And then they just like, oh, he's just back and he's normal. Did he go to rehab again? Did he go to here? Did he go to there? Like, how did it happen? All of a sudden, it was just like, I just showed up at my dad's house and now everything's great. He went, to but he rehab. still had a big ass house. Yeah, dude, he moved out to Scottsdale and plays golf all the time. Still drinks. He said, I I don't always drink when I'm on the golf course, but typically I'll go to the golf course. This isn't even the documentary. He'll put vodka in a Gatorade, see how that feels, see how he plays, and then if he does well keeps drinking the rest of the round. If he doesn't, that's the last Gatorade bottle for the day. He kind of punishes himself by not drinking. So maybe he still has a drinking problem? Oh, dude, he still parties balls. Are you kidding me? I follow him on Instagram. He's got some Houston stripper now turned house cat, and they party all the time at Live, Love. Uh, what is that bar, Ray? I'd love to go. In Vegas? Yeah, Bottle Blonde. No, in Houston. She's from Houston. Now they're all in Scottsdale. They party at Bottle Blonde every weekend. And we're getting a bottled blonde in Nashville. More after the break. Love to be an investor, Ray. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You want to know what makes what what makes you happy in life, Ray? Uh, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> no, no. Like is there something that like puts a smile on your face? Uh literally not having any responsibilities in the moment. So say you have a 4-hour swath, not having one damn thing to do. That makes me happy. Uh 
Alcohol a little bit, but I can go without it. Just like Johnny. Everybody says that. And uh, sports slash gambling. Like those two, th- those three things, the utmost happiness. I was at the Red Sox game on Friday and Saturday in Boston, Fenway Park, if you didn't know. And there are two things that make people super happy that are so ridiculous and so like, this is so funny how people look like they're in a bad mood and this happens and it's like their life has changed forever. It's the Jumbotron. (laughs) If you get put on the Jumbotron, you are instantly, all of a sudden, the happiest person in the world. It is like the craziest thing that's ever happened to you because people would be sitting there in their seats just like, oh man. I'm in a bad mood. My life sucks. Start dancing back and forth. I mean, it's so funny how they can go from downtrodden to like, oh my God, when did this game be over? To ah, all just because you're on the freaking Jumbotron. And it's hilarious. We've done it before. Because it's so, I know, but it's so true. Like, it is such a good feeling to be on the Jumbotron. Let's be real. There's not a lot of... Like, Fenway has it all. The the history, the alcohol, um, not 99% guys, stuff like that. But Jumbotrons are, make a sporting event a little bit more exciting. A lot of these... Like, Detroit, Comerica, dude, there's not damn one thing exciting that goes on during that game. I think they did actually win a game the other day. But other than that, the Jumbotron is the one thing. Having a beer, that's an it thing. The Jumbotron. Dude, other than that, you're, there's no home runs. You're just staring off into... I mean, a bunch of danger. Dude, Jumbotron really is just one of the things that kind of perks. I know, but it's isn't it funny, though? Like, they can be sitting there and just miserable. And then someone points and goes, you're on the screen. You're on the screen. And they jump up like they are the happiest person in the world. It is so fun to watch. It's hilarious. I agree with you, but they are kind of going down a little bit. Now that people can film themselves and go on Instagram and become their own famous. Back in the day, you never saw what you looked like. Until you were on the jumbotron, now everybody has the their phone right up there, and ass. everybody does do that. Like I once they get on the jumbotron, dude, they start filming themselves on the jumbotron. There's some people that have their phone so much filming all the stuff that they do. I swear to God, sometime they're gonna just stick it right up their ass, and they're gonna film a colonoscopy. I saw a girl almost get hit by a bus in Boston. Pull because everybody stops because the bus is turning right, but she is looking straight down at her phone. And just walks right across the street, and the bus, and she just never even noticed the bus. Never looked up. MIT, dude. They're smart in a lot of ways, not common sense. It was, right, ne- it, it was right next to Harvard. Harvard. It was right next to Harvard. I was like, oh, 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 my God. That girl almost got crushed by the bus. Must have been something really good on Instagram. No, not Harvard, dude. They're preparing for dissertations and all kinds of stuff. Now you want to know the second thing that makes everybody happy. Mm -hmm. A baseball. A baseball. A simple little baseball, whether it be a foul ball, a home run, or a player running off the field, throw it in the stands. When they throw it in the stands, everybody around that ball jumps up and is sticking their hand in the air trying to grab the baseball. And when they get it, what do they do? Stick it in their pants. No, they grab it and they show everybody around them, I got a baseball! I got a baseball! I got a baseball! And we all do it. We all do it. It's 
it's your it's uncontrollable reflex when someone is running off the field with a ball that you start going right here, right here, throw me a ball, throw me a ball, throw me a ball. And my theory on that is it's you your excitement as a kid. Most of us haven't thrown a baseball since we were a kid, and our careers came to a conclusion at eighteen in college. And so there's that, but it's also he chose me out of everyone around me to throw me the ball. Masculinity, I'm also able to catch this ball and show that I'm greater of an athlete than everyone around me, and I'll hang up and listen. And when you watch the ball come into the stands and everybody do their thing, people falling over chairs, like knocking over drinks, all for a little baseball, I get it. Like, I think it's cool to get a baseball, but I think it's cooler if it's a, batting practice, cool. Wow, Cousin Andrew, pretty cool. Ryan. Catch a foul ball, awesome. When they throw it to you, cool, but it's the lowest of the low. Yeah, we tried at spring training to get a couple bullpen pitchers to just throw us a ball. Didn't even get a, to throw them to us. So it was actually the opposite of that. So you were sad. Yeah, so there's the feeling of the getting it to them to throw it to you. That's like, uh when they don't throw you the lowest level of a baseball at a game, then it's your lowest level of feeling at a game. Yeah. Like even when they're warming up and they're gonna they're done warming up. Throw me the ball! Throw me the ball! Dude. Maryfield! Dude. Maryfield! Yeah. Over here! Maryfield! Mary Wit! Wit! No, dang it. You know what Boomer did? This guy, he saw it. We were at the spring training in Phoenix. Boomer, my nephew, 15, the catcher was throwing balls to his family. And so Boomer sees him get a whole pile of, like, four balls. He knows that they know the people. And so he sees him throw one, throw two, and he goes, well, I know the section they're throwing it to. It's his family members. Boomer cuts in with the family, grabs a ball, and beelines it back to our seats. That's what I'm talking about. The guy was just giving it to his aunt and uncle. (laughs) See? (laughs) And how happy was Boomer that he got that ball? Dude, I was sitting in our seats on the third baseline. He ran around the stadium and sat right back next to us. I got a ball. I got a ball. Good job, Boomer. You stole it from his grandma Nana. How good? But Boomer was in a great mood, wasn't he? He was. He was. He was. Everybody is in a great mood when they get a ball. It's so fun. It's two simple things. And it's the sport that does it. Football, basketball, hockey, they golf, don't, tennis. Soccer. They don't really throw the balls in the stands. Correct. It's baseball. And it's every single time the, the third base coach gets a foul ball. He turns and you see it immediately. Everyone jump up. Over here! Over here! Over here! Me, me, me. Yo, yo, yo. I want it. I want it. I want it. Hilarious. And it also gets guys good with their chick. You know, I got a ball at a game. I mean, a lot of guys are going to bag after they got a ball. And you can give it to a kid. You can put that ace in the the whole. That's the way your girl thinks that you're sentimental. You're nice. You're sweet. Like, you worked so hard to get that ball, but then you give it to a kid. You know, and then you're showing it to her. You're joking like you're going to put it down her shirt. There's so many different things you can do with a ball at a game. Ray, I put it in my pocket. Yeah, I mean, when Cousin Andrew, when he caught that home, I mean, didn't catch the home run ball on batting practice, whap, and it hit his hand. Like, when we were walking back down, I was like, dude, where's the ball? And he was like, I gave it to a kid. (laughs) What what is he? And I said, Mother Teresa. (laughs) I said, what? He goes, man, there's a little kid. He wanted it. (laughs) Were you on TV? I mean, why? I said, bro, you you just risked your hand. And he goes, Hell no, I didn't give it to the kid. It's in the bag, man. That's one of the top ten moments of my life. (laughs) (laughs) But he got me. I was like, why the hell would you give it to a kid? You sacrificed your limb for it, and you're going to give it to a kid? No adults were giving me balls when I was a kid. And we went to batting practice and all of it. It wasn't a nice culture back then. 
No, there's still I still see adults jump in front of the kid to get it. Right. But I am okay. Like if a foul ball comes, like it's every man, every woman, every kid for themselves. Now, if a player specifically points at a kid and goes to throw it to him, gotta let the kid have it. Well, and the ones we see on Sports Center are the one guy that gave a kid the ball. There's if you go to a baseball game, there's a hundred women and children and gr- people that are not giving the ball to a kid. Oh hell no! <laughs> and I don't think you should be feel obligated to give it to a kid if you catch it. Not my kid. Not my kid. And look, kid, hey, you didn't catch it. Sorry. And now it's harder for kids to get the balls because they have the net all the way down the baseline, all the way down the dugout, and you know some to the out, outfield. So. A coach can't just point at a kid and toss it. Now, I mean, players throw it high. I mean, Vlad Guerrero, after he got done warming up pregame, he threw one up to the box. Well, he didn't hit one to the box. <laughs> he did on Friday. But he he threw a ball all the way up to the second level. I don't like that, Vlad. Not the time to prove how great your arm is. I love it. Let's worry about the hitting. Yoshida, couple balls in uh, left field. Three times he tried to throw it to the crowd, like right on the foul line. He missed. He couldn't get it there. He came up short. Hit He's off the there wall. For his bat. He came up short off the wall. Threw it again. Short. Third time. Oh, barely got in the stands. And guess which one we'll see on Sports Center the third time. The third time. Him be giving it to the fan. Yes. And when we come back, Ray's going to tell us bad beats. Bad. Bad beats. Right after this. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Nothing like taking a s- segment that Scott Van Pelt does and calling it our own. Or call it bad look, luck. Look, look at how stupid this is. They're showing you the new Big 12. 
it is absolutely dog crap stupid that West Virginia and Arizona are in the same conference. It is so stupid that USC, Oregon, and Rutgers are in the same conference. Do you understand Rutgers is in, like, New York? And all the way over there in Oregon, they're going to have to travel three time zones to play a football game. Not worried about fossil fuels, Ray. It is so stupid. Like, rivalries are going to be dead. There's going to be no rivalries. Because you know what you like doing? You like walking down the street and seeing an Oregon State guy and being like, ah, screw you, go Oregon. Well, nowadays it's crime, but yes. Now, they're not even in the same conference. Who cares? When are you going to run into a Rutgers guy if you're a USC guy? What kind of rivalry is that? You're not going to see Ohio State guy at the grocery store if you're a UCLA guy. So stupid. Why are there three women on the TV? Stupid. No, I didn't say that. I am just so dumb. I'm so annoyed by everything about this realignment. I know it's all about money, and we're going to end up just having these super conferences, but it's like, goodness, can we get any more lame? Coach, thank you for being a traditionalist. Like, are you excited about USC playing Rutgers? I've never been a big conference guy. I mean, me and Justin, he's Ohio State. I'm Michigan State. Ah, I guess that rivalry's dead. Are they still in the same conference? Who? Michigan State and Ohio State? Yeah. Okay. They're still in the Big Ten. Yeah. All right. You want to tell me about your bad beats? So here's your bad beats. Me and Bazer have started doing these cash threes in Tennessee where you go to the machine in Publix and you can pick three numbers and they can go in any order. And if they hit, you win $100, $200. Yeah. So I look on my phone and there's three drawings a day, midday, morning and evening well i go to midday and the winners were eight three five so when i'm filling out the ticket picking the numbers for the nighttime, i go huh it already hit once maybe those numbers are hot so i go eight three five the exact number so that means okay. that would be a 500 hundred dollar payday so that's it that, that's all of that story smash cut that nighttime drawings at 628 baser at 635 i was like oh shit i was like we're sitting here dilly dallying Hooking up, it's 6.35, the drawing happened. Look on your phone. Remind you, remember I picked the exact same numbers as midday because I thought those numbers yeah. would be hot? Baser pulls up her phone and goes, Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh, you won! You won! Oh my gosh, you won! Oh my gosh, you won! Oh my gosh! Shows me, I'm like, holy crap, we won! We won! Oh my gosh, $500. I literally paid $2 for this ticket. She didn't refresh her screen. It was the midday drawing. The numbers that I had written down, 835, because they were hot, they didn't even have the evening numbers up. The evening numbers were like 911, which is appropriate. Oh I called 911 God. after. So, the, hey, is that a bad beat or is that a bad beat? <laughs> it's a bad beat, dude. It's like, dude, it's like I bought a scratch-off one time when I was younger, or maybe my dad bought it for me, and I'm over at Justin's, and I'm scratching it, scratching it, and I look, and I'm like, holy hell, I won $700. I won $700, and I won $700. I won $700. I'm going bananas. I'm a kid. Bananas. My voice hasn't changed yet. I won $700. I won $700. And Justin's dad, Mike, Mike Connery, looks at it and goes, you didn't win, dude. I'm like, what? Yes, I beat the dealer. I beat the dealer. And it, so he goes, it literally says, to win, you must tie the dealer. 
What kind of freaking lottery game was that? What? The a scratcher? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, what in the... That I, might be why they've done away with that game, because people have sodomized their gas stations after they lost. I mean, why wouldn't it, a tie be the winner? I, I Why would you tie? <laughs> like, when you want to beat the dealer. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the whole concept of life is beat the dealer. You never want to tie the dealer. And so when I was going bananas for $700, I didn't tie the dealer. I beat the dealer. Yeah. That's a, that's a bad beat. Bad man. luck beat. That's a bad beat. You that's a bad ba- luck. Yeah. You want another bad beat? Go ahead. All right. Here's a bad beat. Thanks, Scott Van Pelt. Appreciate it. So every four days, I'm not going to act like I'm addicted to gambling, but every four days I'll do just a little, it, what was it, Tuesday? All right. Maybe it was two days. Who cares? I did a little rand. I'll do a $30 seven-teamer, but I do it quick fire. I do it on a live bet. So I do it. I mean, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the Braves, will, you know. Oh, oh yeah. The, oh, yeah, yeah. I go, Pirates, I want Braves. Okay, I'll go. Oh, yeah, the Pirates will win that. Oh, yeah, that'll be under. Oh, WNBA game for sure over. I just do that real quick. Real Less quick. than 30 seconds. It's $30, and I'm trying to win $1.5,000. And then I'll do a couple... Tennis ones where it looks like the guy's going to win, they're like minus 700. So I do a seven-teamer. Okay? Got it. And like three have hit. They're offering me 150. It's dropping. It's dropping. They're offering me 50. I'm like, crap, what should I do, Bazer? Let it ride. Do this. Remember, we've already had that bad luck no less than 10 minutes ago. Yeah. So all of a sudden, a fourth one hits. There's like three left. And it says... The WNBA basketball game went ice cold. The women had to go over 166 and a half, and it went ice cold. I- I'm talking, they didn't. They scored two points in like four minutes. That's and not I'm, good. I'm like, Baser, Baser, they're offering me $38. $38, should I just take it? I want $8. Should I just take it? And she goes, yeah, just, I believe in you, whatever you think. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'll take the $8 because this WNBA game, I think like, I don't know, somebody, there's like a bomb went off because there's there hasn't been a score in four minutes. So we go, okay, 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 we cash out, we cash out. Oh, they gave me $38. I made $8. So the rest of the night, I'm just kind of casually looking at it. Um, and there was a baseball game. I did Tampa Bay to be un- and Cardinals to be under six and a half, and it was at five. Oh, that one won. Oh, dang. It's freaking crazy, man. Two away. But, I mean, in the moment, that was cashed out good. The women's WNBA game not doing anything. It goes to the fourth quarter. I'm like, good. I had over. That's going to be way under. All So once you cash out a bet, what you guys don't realize is you root against your bet. You oh, 100% because you, you, don't, you don't want it to win. You don't want it to win. That's the worst feeling in the world. All right. Well, smash cut. The WNBA game has the highest scoring fourth quarter between the Fever and the Nutsacks. I don't even know who is playing. In the history of WNBA, and it goes over at 167. It goes over by .5. So it is down to one bet for 1.5 thousand that I canceled to win $8. I've won every one, six to seven. It's down to the last one, okay? And it's the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Atlanta Braves. And I'm freaking sweating it right now because I had the Pittsburgh Pirates, okay? Yeah. And the Pirates are ahead. When I canceled the bet, it was three to three. Pirates then went up six to three. Then it was six to five. Six to five in the ninth inning, Pirates are winning. If the Pirates win, I would have won my entire parlay, 1.5 thousand. It's six to five. The Braves tie at six to six. 
The Braves go ahead 8-6. to six. Thank God, because <laughs> if the Pirates would have won that game, I would have won 1.5,000. Not because I cashed out, not to confuse you, for $8. Thank you, Braves. Thank you, Braves, for winning. Thank you, Braves. Thank you, Braves. Thank you, Braves. That gets a little confusing explaining it because I rooted against my original bet. But yes, thank God I never did win 1.5. I cashed out. I won $8. Remember what you told me a couple weeks ago? Holy crap. When I cashed out, when the, I had the Astros minus one and a half, and I would have won like $700 and I cashed out for 50 bucks. And Bregman hit a home run in the top of the ninth to win by one and to win by two runs. You said, "Dude, you can't do that. You cashed out. That's it. Like you can't worry about. Oh, it would have hit. You made the decision to cash out. You can't stress about it. But humanly impossible to not think. Damn it, I would have won that money. Damn it, I would have won that money. Damn it, I would have won that money. Forty-five minute span. Thought I won five hundred. Thought I won one point five thousand. Thank God the Braves came back to win." Crazy span. I won eight, but then the tickets cost me six, so I won two dollars. Holy hell, what a span. A two point zero thousand dollar span. Dude, it's like <laughs> the emotional roller coaster I was on last night watching the Nashville soccer game. Okay. They're in this leagues cup, you know, that Messi keeps winning and dominating, and I don't know where he's the second coming of Jesus. Dude's amazing. Walk on water. But last night in at Nashville SC is playing. In the 61st minute, Walker Zimmerman, header, goal! Goal! 1-0 Nashville! Let's go. They're down to 16 teams? Well, after, yeah, they'll be down to 16 teams, yeah, after last night. And so, then the team we're playing, Club America, they score on a header, 1-1. The 90th minute, their guy rips a shot. Our dude turns... Hits off his hand, goes out of bounds. Corner kick, corner kick. Wait, hold everything, hold everything. They are checking to see if it was a penalty. They are checking to see if it's a penalty. We are going to VAR. It's where they go over and look at the computer screen and see if it was a penalty. Guy goes over there and it takes forever, takes forever, takes forever. And the announcers are like, that is no doubt a handball. They are going to be awarded a penalty kick. They are going to be awarded a penalty kick. The ref comes out, walks back to the box, does the signal of the TV square. Penalty kick for Club America. Oh, not happy music. Not happy music. The dude steps up, buries it. 2-1 Club America. Oh, my gosh. Nashville, it's over. They are out of the tournament. Club America is heading on. Wait, there is five minutes of stoppage time. Five minutes of stoppage time. That's a girthy amount. I mean, back and forth. We're kicking it down there, kicking it down there. Can't get anything. Can't get anything. Bounces. Dax McCarty, right-footed one time, outside, over the defense. Hani Mukhtar runs onto it, gets it. One touch, looks up, curls it back to the middle. Our new guy, Surridge, jumps, header. Goal! Goal! With eight seconds to go. We won. We tie it up 2-2. Two, two. Hey, and they set it down at midfield. They kick it off, and he blows the whistle. We were seconds away from being eliminated. So we go to PKs. But you wouldn't know it's all by judgment. You're right. But 
and they go they go to the PKs, right? And what happens? We rap a note it. They first they make their first one. Honey Mukhtar, MVP, blocked. Okay. Here we go. PKs ruined USA season. Now I'm about to be pissed off at PKs again. Then our goalie blocks theirs. Let's go. Let's go. Then we bury the next one. Walker Zimmerman buries it. Annabelle Godoy buries it. Dax McCarty buries it. Then we go to round number six. Impressive name usage. And we t- we're tied. They score. Mayer has to score or it's over. He just came on in the 90th, in the stoppage time. He, you know, he steps up, left-footed shot. Blocked! Blocked! Nashville's eliminated! Oh, we lost? I got confused with the players. Nashville eliminated. Everybody's going crazy. They have a bunch of Club America fans in the stands. They keep coming onto the pitch. They're storming the field. And the announcer's like, this is ridiculous. Where is security? They need to be stopping these people. They're high-fiving each other, you know, shaking hands. Get these people off the... Oh, my... A security guard goes down with a knee injury. <laughs> they got to bring the stretcher out. And they're like, they, they they are not prepared for this. There should not... They should not be letting these people on the field. Then they go, wait a minute. We're being told there's a VAR review. The goalie may have left his line early. You're not allowed to come off the line before he kicks the <laughs> ball. What? This is like 10 minutes after it's happened. Why you're still watching is beyond me. I don't know why I was still watching. I still don't know why I was still watching. I should have turned it off right when they lost. I like seeing the trophies. I, I was like, I should have turned it off when they, they, they lost, but I kept watching it. And so they're like, yep, yeah, we're going to have another kick. Jack Mayer's going to have another chance. And I'm like, what are we doing here? And so... They, the goalie's pissed off. He's yelling at the Nashville bench, the other goalie. Yelling, and he's having to be held back, and the rest like, get in the goal, get in the goal. Mayer steps up. He buries it. He buries it. We're going to round 77 of penalty kicks. What? Their guy. How did this not make sports center? Their guy. Over the bar. Over the bar. Rapping now. It. Dan Lovitz has a chance to win it for Nashville. Let's see if he can bury this penalty kick. Bury it. And bury it. He does. Nashville SC moves on. Nashville SC moves on. Bury it. It was awesome. Bury the goal. Bury the ball in my yard. Rest in peace, Atletico. It was unbelievable. They should they lost twice. And I I mean they came back from the dead. They lost when they scored in the 90th minute. We came back in the 95th minute. We lost in PKs. Then we came back and re-kicked PKs, and we won. I love your excitement because it is dead season right now. Waiting for college, waiting for NFL, waiting for the MLS to start again so I had this inner Miami back can go back on. Yeah. Because right now there's just this random soccer tournament. I know, but it was awesome. Okay. It felt so good. That was, my, that was my night. I watched it, and it was just like, holy crap. It was so fun. We both were excited, Ray, in different parts of the city and different sports. Yeah. And fever, the fever, dude, amazing fourth quarter. I've, I've never seen a WNBA team put up like 70 points in a quarter. Guys, look I, at I've the, never have either because I've never watched. Guys, look at the stats and look at the Braves. I don't know how they did the it. The Braves are really good. Yeah. The but, Braves are really good. And now, when I, Now's the time to play set futures bet. I mean, they have to be the favorite. Oh, they are. Three times, three and a half times your money. That's still a lot of money. Who's the lefty? Freed? Awesome. He's so good. He's back now. 
Dude, I watched him. He pitched eight innings. He was phenomenal. The, the, the Braves are really good. I would actually place that bet. 3.5 times your money. Okay. All right. Have a great Wednesday. That's all I got. I'm out. Yeah, dude. That National SC game. I mean, oof. there were some pissed off athletic America fans. I'm a shareholder. No, I'm not a shareholder. I didn't even go to the game, man. Still mad about that little fan day they had. That was pretty rough. That was pretty rough. That was pretty rough. Bad uh, memories, good memories. What? Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.